head on over to jointhenerdclan.com to get all kinds of extra bonus material and extras from Blake and myself, whether it's Blake's book club, Keep Calm and Crown On, our podcast all about The Crown, and even the After Doc bonus podcast episodes. There's a lot that you do not want to miss out on at the Nerd Clan. So if you want to support an independently produced podcast like this, or just myself and Blake in general, go on over to jointhenerdclan.com to become part of the best community on the interwebs. Tell me why you are so adamant. Because I swore a long time ago that I would never sire a child. I do not understand. My father cared more about the continuation of the Hastings line than anything in the world. More than my mother. More than me. And so I made a vow that his efforts would be in vain. That the lion would die with me. So this is all because of a vow. You made a vow to me, too. Or has our wedding day slipped your mind? I told you. You told me that you could not have children. You did not tell me it was some some token of revenge against a man who no longer walks this earth. I swore to him on his deathbed. And you betrayed me in our marriage bed. Let me be certain I understand. You will neither have children, nor the happiness we could have together because you promised your father you would not. I... Say it. Say it. It cannot be undone. Then I thank you for your elucidation, Your Grace. If your hatred for your father outweighs any affection that you might bear towards me, then you are right. It cannot be undone. My courses are due within the next few days. You will know then which vow you have broken and how we are to spend the rest of our lives miserable together, perfectly happy apart. Providence, Rhode Island. Welcome to Bridgerton with Mary and Blake. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Bridgerton on Netflix. So let's sit back, relax, and let's brew some more tea. So after talking with a friend, (laughs) spilling tea just doesn't feel right after Simon spilled himself over and over and over and over and over again in a previous episode. No. Fine. Next time I say spill, Blake. Next time I say spill is probably the last time we spilled, but you know, just thought I would say brew it. Spill the the tea. Brew the tea is the end of the show. I know. I know. (laughs) You know what I also said to uh, our dear friend Ashley? She and I were chatting. You know, Hi, everybody, by the way. My name is Mary. My name is Blake. And um, and that gives you further proof that all this happens in live time. Yeah. No editing here at Mary and Blake. So, you know, Simon 
and Daphne, yep. previous episode, having sex all over the place. Sure. On the grass next to the swans, in the bookcase, um, next to that like gorgeous whatever it is, tomb, gardening shed. We don't even know. And he's just like leaving semen. Everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> no wonder the housekeeper is so mad. She's got to clean she up literally, after all like, She walked over into those two little biddies that had their ears against the, the library door and they were like, hee hee hee, we think they're having sex. And you saw her go, put her ear to the door and she was like, yep, clean up uh, on aisle nine. <laughs> That's my job. That's all I do all day. Just follow Simon and Daphne around and pick up his napkins. His semen trail. <laughs> no wonder she's crappy, right? She's like, yeah, lady, okay, sure, keep talking. I'll just get the rag later. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Poor the housekeeper. Anyway. Worst. The worst. The worst. <laughs> For all of our Parks and Rec fans. Okay, so we just wanted to remind you that you can subscribe to this not child friendly podcast and you can find us actually on all social media by searching for Mary and Blake you can head on over to maryandblake.com there we have a slew of podcasts because let's be real there's going to be one more episode of Bridgerton that we're going to talk yep. we're probably going to talk about the the series as a whole um, but then you might be like I'm sad I don't have Bridgerton in my life and what am I going to do maybe you just found Blake and I through Bridgerton and a don't lot of people have worry <laughs> don't worry we actually have so many other podcasts to keep you company uh, at maryandblake.com you'll be able to check it out. Ones that we are currently doing right now, if you want to be with us live time, we're covering the show This Is Us on NBC. Mm -hmm. We are doing The Potterverse, which is a Potter podcast all about Harry Potter. And we're actually going chapter by chapter through the books. Um, We are on our Outlander cast podcast, our podcast about the show Outlander. We're covering the book Clanlands, which is just a fun little read to help us go through Scotland and learn a little bit more about two of the um, main actors on the show. And as I said, we have a slew of other podcasts dedicated to television shows that may interest you. And we will be doing The Last Kingdom. Yes. After this is is completed, we will be covering The Last Kingdom all the way until it is completed. Uh, That is what our members at jointhenerdclan.com Voted for, and that's one of the perks and great benefits of being a member there at the, at the Nerd Clan. You can decide our future, what we do, and uh, have a great time there. So, yeah, we got a lot of stuff cooking yes. here. Let's cook, baby. Let's cook. All right, let's get into the show. You didn't get that Breaking Bad reference, did you? No, I'm just looking through our Google Notes. Do we have music? Oh, girlfriend, we got music. Oh, okay. We got okay, music. Okay, we we do the music after the deets. Okay. All right. So give me the deets. <laughs> it's not like we haven't done this episode, uh, done this uh, podcast before. Listen, or nothing. I'm blind. <laughs> In case you haven't known me all these years, I can barely say. Well, the title for the penultimate penultimate episode of Bridgerton is Oceans of Pod, and the Aww. director the director was Ulrich. Riley. Now, Alric Riley uh, is not a well-known name, but no. within the... And that's a very unique name, so I feel like I would have remembered it. Yeah, if we had run into him at any point yeah. uh, before. Alric Riley is actually huge on uh, in, in terms of directing in, in, in network television, mm-hmm. which makes sense given his connection to Shondaland Media and all of the Shondaland shows that have appeared. Uh, some of the highlights, though, for Alric... Uh, 
Riley R. This. Uh, he's directed episodes of Graceland, uh, the show Castle, Criminal Minds, CSI, Crime Scene Investigation, uh, Revenge, which is a Shondaland show, mm-hmm. NCIS, New Orleans, Person of Interest, which is, again, more all-network television, uh, Wayward Pines, The Walking Dead, Once Upon a Time, Lucifer, Bulls, SWAT, The Good Doctor, How to Get Away with Murder, another Shondaland show, and uh, more NCIS. So he's been kind of all over the place in terms of network television, which would make sense, Mary, that we don't really know him because we don't often do network television. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our you first, and I, yeah, yeah, we, yeah uh, our, our first foray, one that we n- never covered, but love is lost, of course. Um, but the other one that we're doing is this is us, but that seems to be a different brand of network television it seems to be uh, on like this mid-range level uh it's it's kind of like uh baseball like there's mm-hmm. there's the major leagues and then there's triple a and then like in between is like an unknown is like a it's like a mystery okay space it's called 4a you know it's like you're not great you're not like major league talent but you're too good to be in triple a so you're you're, you're referred me. to as 4a so just throw that out there. The writers, there were two. <laughs> there were two writers in this episode. Abby McDonald was, uh, and you should know her because she wrote the episode in Affair of Honor. So if you liked an Affair of Honor, hopefully you liked the style of this episode as well. And then there's another one, Jay Ross. I could literally find nothing about Jay Ross on the interwebs. Not one thing. There's a bunch of Jay Rosses out there that exist. None of them say that they write for Bridgerton. Couldn't find him on IMDb. Couldn't find. Couldn't find. Him. Is Jay Ross just like a fake name? It must like Mark be. Twain. Must be because Jay Ross is like non-existent. I could not find anything. Mm. So Jay Ross, if you're listening, why, why don't you call in, dude? You just call in. We'll have we'll have a talk. We'll we'll talk about your writing on Bridgerton. We'll have some fun about it. Why not? Mm. You know? Yeah. Have some fun with that. So, your cups of tea rating for Oceans of Pot Mavin, what do you got? Uh, my cups of tea are straight up five. I really enjoyed this episode. I just kept going, ooh, ooh, ooh. ooh. <laughs> oh. You know? I just yes. had a lot of feelings for this episode. Yep, yep. For me, uh, I'm I'm in that still in that four, 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 five range. Okay. Uh, it's it's good. I enjoyed it. And I enjoyed it because it was miserable. You know, and I love mm-hmm. I love misery porn sometimes, and I'm in on that. And there's a lot of good misery porn on this in the back half of this season. And it, when you contrast the pregnancies uh, on this show that are happening, or at least attempted pregnancies, so, so there's the pregnancy of Marina, and then there's the attempted pregnancy of of Daphne. It, it's a great contrasting element, mm-hmm. and how these two are going about this situation one is in a a terrible situation and the other is just looking to be in that situation looking to be pregnant looking to create life have a family and one of them can't get out fast enough so i love having that contrasting element uh and uh the show continues to take its characters uh pit them against each other and 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 give us good examples of what they could or could not be based mm-hmm. on those contrasting elements. Nice. So I like that. Your GBG, you're good, you're bad, and you're great. My good is Simon finally telling Daphne his truth. Now granted, she like so many of us viewers are like, "Really?" Your hatred of your dad well outweighs your love and feelings for me and the feelings that we can have for our entire future. Like you are literally willing to shelve your entire future just because you hated your dad. Yeah. 
That's Hello? a lot. That's a lot. Like, seize the day, buddy. Let's go. Um, but I just really was thankful that he finally told her why he didn't want to have kids anymore. Sure. Uh, my bad. It's not that it was bad about the show. Once again, sometimes I do when it's something that's just blatantly like, oh, they do. No, my bad was this made me feel terrible. Daphne sobs at the very end when she does yeah. get her period yeah. and she realizes what's happening and Violet, Lady Bridgerton goes in and takes care of her and she just sobs in her mother's arms. Yep. Um, and I just feel like, you know, there were, there were moments in my life where I was very sad that I wasn't pregnant personally. And I feel like a lot of women who have gone through struggles with pregnancy, um, you know, there's just nothing like that moment yeah. that you can't stop it. Um, so, yeah, I just it made me feel bad. And then my great was all I want at this very moment is the ability to go to Lady Danbury's parties. <laughs> like, COVID be damned. I just want to go be with all these ladies, drinking so all the bitties. fun cocktails, because you know they got some really fun cocktails oh, there. Absolutely. Play whatever game it was. I don't even care. I don't even care if I lost money. I'm going to get dolled up, <laughs> hang out with the ladies, have a blast. And Didn't kibitz, that look fun? So much kibitzing going on. Yes. Oh my god! All yes. the tea, all the tea that was being spilled. Oh my gosh! Like, why can't we have things like that where you literally get dressed up in your finest? No men allowed unless they're serving you. Yep, that, that'd be good. And Lady Danbury is just like, welcome, yeah. my friend. This is one of the perks. Yeah, one of the perks. This is one of the perks to not being single. Yeah, no more spanks. <laughs> no more. <laughs> and you get to pate. <laughs> yeah. How about you? What's Excellent. your GBG? Uh, my good Gregory T. Evans. <clears throat> yeah, let that soak in. Gregory T. Evans sounds like a character on this on the show. <laughs> nope, not at all. As a Gregory of fact. is one of the son's names. It is, but yeah. definitely not Gregory uh, of, of Bridgerton okay. descent. I'm talking about Gregory of the Evans descent. Okay. And who is Gregory T. Evans? No idea. I know you're going to ask me. And I know you nerds out there that are listening to oh, this or are watching this. We're waiting for you desperately. You, desperate. Desperate. you need Mr. to know Evans. who was Gregory T. Evans. He's the editor of this episode. Oh, well done. And, I, you know, editing is a very, very fine art. Underappreciated by the general public. Well underappreciated. And it's not that you don't like it or you don't care for it. You do. All you nerds out there that are watching TV, you care about editing. You don't know it. And the reason why you don't know it is because you don't think about it. They make the magic happen. These people make the magic happen. They're like happen. the city workers underneath Disney World. Absolutely. They're the ones directing Cranking all the traffic. Out. They're the ones getting people to where they got to go, making sure they got all their things up all right. You need never... some more dough whip? I'll get you some more dough whip. Yeah, we'll get <laughs> What? <laughs> Dole Whip? I don't know. That's like the only thing we ate. We ate churros and Dole Whip. Oh, man. And then we ate at the Boston Pub in That's Disney. Because right, it felt like home. <laughs> they and were like, so we've got this special beer here called Sam Adams. Yeah. <laughs> and people here talk with accents that are pretend from Boston. Right. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you got a Sam? All right, that's great. Cool. <laughs> hey, that ain't special. Okay, so Wait, Gregory T. Evans. $17 for a Sam Adams. What are we talking about? Give me that Dole Whip. <laughs> so much great Gregory Dole Whip. T. Evans is an editor who makes the magic happen. Yes, and I, I and I need to call it Gregory T. Evans only because... Is he really that formal? Uh, well, that's what his IMDb profile says, so I'm going to call him by his name. Does Gregory drink tea? 
Uh, That's a very formal name, Gregory T. Evans. I feel like I mean, maybe it's because it's such a basic name that he needs the tea. Yeah, I, I would probably agree with you, and I feel like Gregory, what he drinks is not tea. I feel like he's more of a Macallan kind of guy. Oh, okay. Where he, you know, what he does is he just he sips. He, he doesn't drink. Sip. He sips, okay. and like sips and savors. It, like, it, but in a manly way. Like he <sighs> sips it and just like swishes it around a little bit. Gregory, lets it, let us know, and lets lets it just. Let all the smokiness and the hints of, of vanilla and okay. and chocolate, maybe sometimes cherry. I don't know. I don't know. Could be. We're gonna have to find out. He's appreciating. What it is all. Gregory T. Evans' drink of choice? <laughs> anyway, we don't know, but he is your good. He's my good, and the reason why I say that is because there are two phenomenal uh, parts to this episode. First, the beginning, the, the the cold open of the piano and the guns and the going off and the and both of them, Daphne and Simon, competing against each other. And it's getting progressively louder and it's getting progressively faster. And they're in the looks that are being uh, exchanged between them. And all of that is great direction and is great. And it is great acting and it's good writing too. No words are said whatsoever. I mean, he could have done shooting, skeeting, whatever it was. A little further away. Uh, yeah, true. But you know what? It's his house. He should be able to do what he wants to do. Anyway, what I'm saying is was perfect. that cold opening works, and it works so well because of the editing. It was so well edited and, and, and crafted. And then the editing for the end of the episode, whether it is the frantic run from Daphne in the back, or uh, if you can't tell already, I love flashy TV. I love me some flashy TV. So when we have Daphne imagining that the Duke of Hastings is putting on the, the, necklace. the necklace, flashy TV. When uh, Daphne's sobs are heard and there's no music whatsoever and you can just see that Simon is really feeling the pain, flashy TV. And I love that. Love it, love it, love it. So good. All right, my bad is the... Eloise and like whistle down and the whole what like, this is your just, bad yeah just because I feel like it it like the queen's just like yeah you're out I'm done with okay, you okay you know I can have the queen be the bad but not no, 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 my but, dear Eloise no I'm just kind of like it's just it there are so many heavy things in this episode mm. I feel like shoehorning the Eloise and the whistle down and all that other stuff into this episode is probably not the right move. You're pretty much Penelope, who's like, who cares right now, man? Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Okay. And, and it's not that I don't like it. I do like it. I love the mystery of it. It's a fun little mystery for the show. I mean, we do get a dicey, fun aspect that it could be. Yes, but seamstress. I just don't I don't feel like this is the right, this okay. episode was the right time for it. And they, they, they obviously went in knowing that they're only going to have eight episodes. Yeah. I feel like this 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 season probably could have benefited from having 10 episodes. Agreed. Um, only because there are certain things that happen, I think are rushed throughout the whole season, but that's for another conversation mm -hmm. uh, down the line. And, and what was your great? But my great, my great is that I just, I have to say that I, that I called it, that I called it with Marina and, oh, I, and I'm so not happy sad. that it happened. I'm just happy that I got it right. I'm just, I'm just going to throw that out there. So that was my great. <sighs> I said, I saw what was happening. I, I looked at Mary and said, I got it right. <laughs> That's what happened. So let's move on to something nice like the music that was utilized in this episode. Yes, absolutely. Let's uh, let's do that. Shall so we? first and foremost, uh, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll play the sounder. If it'll play. Come on. Here we go. 
So this is actually Beethoven. This song was used as the song that uh, Daphne was playing. The pigeon shooting During scene. the pigeon shooting and everyone was getting all pissed off at each other. I gotta tell you, Daphne's playing sucked in previous episodes compared to this. Yeah, no, this is, this is like remarkable. You were like, Daphne, what? Did you take that Facebook course with, uh, <laughs> what's the guy singer? That like, he was the version before Michael Buble. Oh, oh, Harry Connick Jr. Yeah. Like, did you take the lessons with Harry Connick Jr.? <laughs> the master class? <laughs> yeah, the master class Facebook lessons with Harry Connick Jr. on your honeymoon? Oh, For the man. past three days? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So this is Beethoven, Piano Sonata, number 21 in C major. So Perfect. That, that is that. Pizza. Yeah. Oh, hold on. Oh, oh pizza. <laughs> Wait, what are you it's, doing? It's an advertisement. I did not expect that. There's a guy standing on my computer now, shirtless with pizza and salad. Oh, I'm suddenly hungry. Okay, so the next song. The guy's ripped, man. All right. Uh, the next song. <laughs> that threw me for a loop. Yep. Next one comes from Franz Joseph Hayden. String Quartet number 82. This was played in the garden party. Um, for the queen. Okay. This is when they're walking in and everyone's like walking around and you know all the people are showing up and they're seeing the queen. Hey, Hawaii. Yeah, this is the, this okay, is the well, intro I'm song. Bored. I know. I'm just throwing that out there. Okay. I thought this was going to be like fun pieces. Well, the, and then <laughs> you wanted all the music. I'm okay, giving you yes, all the I music. Do. The next one is the string quartet number 53, Lark in D major. This plays at also the Queen's Garden Party, and it starts as Lady Danbury approaches the Duke and the Duchess. Who's this by? I don't know. This might be Hayden as well. What? 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 Hayden. Sure, Hayden. Listen, if you know better, then you say it. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Hayden Christensen. Hayden Christensen. Okay, let's move on to the fun thing. Max Richter. Okay, all right. So, <laughs> all right. So the next one uh, comes that plays is by Max Richter, The Four Seasons, and is recomposed Summer 3. Now, um, this is actually originally composed by Vivaldi, and... Max Richter, who is a personal favorite of Mary and Blake Media because he was the composer for The Leftovers. Uh, he is amazing. What he did was he took uh, the four seasons and recomposed them and it became a big, huge thing and everybody really loved it. Yes. So uh, this is his version of Summer. So good. It's so good, and it's different, obviously, and it's you know it's faster. It feels more kinetic and, and frenetic. Um, really like this, and this is what's playing at the end of the episode when all the bad stuff is going on, and uh, they're at the uh, that the, uh, the the performance. Hmm. So, yep, that's that. That okay. is. Would you like to know? Max Richter. Love myself some Max. Richter. Okay. I, put, right. I think that that's the fun one was Max Richter. We didn't get any like modern songs or anything like no, that. No, no modern songs this in this one. one. Nope, nope. Just a lot of Haydn. 
Hayden, 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 whatever. It's all the same. Sure. <laughs> hey, stats for nerds. Sure. <laughs> By the way, get your stats for nerds shirt at MaryandBlakeStore.com. Okay, so let's get into the show. Yeah, so what stands out for you uh, in in this one? Like, what what is what is the... Uh... I mean, there was a lot, like you said. I mean, we had, of course, the Eloise Whistledown thing. Um, but aside from that, we had major things happen between Daphne and Simon. This whole revelation of him coming out saying, this is why I can't do it. I'm holding this vow that I made to my dying father, who cared more about the title than he even did myself or my mother. And we get to see their relationship not just have this big split, but see the aftershocks of it. See them actually passionately, passionately get together twice. Right. After they kind of separate, you know, sleeping in different rooms. And I don't want you to accompany me to London. And yet let's just like go at it on the stairs. On the stairs and let's do bro. this and let's do that. And you see Daphne saying like, let's just finish this. Let's take this to the room. And the Duke says, no. Yep, can't um, do it. I'm still sticking to my vow. I do not want to do that. And so you can feel the tension. You could feel the fire. And what I love about this is that, you know, I've said it before. When you are with somebody, when you are close to somebody, whether you're in a partnership or even if it's just a, a close family member, the closer you are with that person, the stronger your fire can be when you're fighting with them. Yeah, absolutely. And also the quicker, hopefully, you can make up with them because you have all that other... What's the opposite of baggage? You have all that other stuff that is good, that can outweigh it, that can allow you to just like make out or hang out on a staircase. Um, yeah. So you you feel you feel the realness, the push and pull of this relationship yeah. in this episode. You can tell that they still burn for each other. Yes. They still burn for each other. They want they want to be a part of each other, but given the the what has transpired between them uh, over the past, you know, the, over since Three the days. last episode, whatever, <laughs> whatever it is, it just prevents them. I mean, from from doing it. I, and I, again, this is a real subtle thing that happens here with with Simon. It's his stutter again when she asks him, "Okay, what's the deal? Like, what are we doing?" And uh, when they're in the bedroom, the clip that we played right mm-hmm. at the beginning of our podcast, it's a subtle stutter. And Daphne doesn't know that he has a stutter, which is awesome. And we as viewers know that he does. But the way that it's played is spectacular. Uh, it's it's there and it's there if you see it and if you engage with it. And if you don't and you just you're whistling past the graveyard because you're watching the show, you're not going to notice it. And that's fine. But it, the stutter is there at the very beginning. It's this it's not hesitation. Mm-hmm. It's a stutter, you know, when yes. he when he starts to talk. And it's something that is, again, I, I really like how they're utilizing this. And it, it can be big and drastic the way that it was with Lady Danbury or small and subtle the way that it was with this past Mm-hmm. experience with Daphne. You know, what's interesting is Daphne feels like her dreams are being ripped away from her by a man. And so she goes out of her way to help Marina, who just started to really tarnish the Bridgerton family reputation. But Daphne feels this this pull to help Marina out in this option. So, of course, when she goes to that married ladies party, yeah, right. you know, her main goal is how can I help find Marina's love and how can I get this letter to him? 
And, um, you know, she ends up writing, of course, to the person in charge. And when she does meet with Marina, Marina says, you wrote it. Did the Duke sign off on it? Mm-hmm. And Daphne says, no, because obviously she's pouting with the Duke right now and is upset with him and doesn't want him to be involved in it. And Marina says, then it's done. Yeah. You know, the I forget if it's a general or commander, whoever it is, like he's not going to read a note from yeah, a cause lady. Because who, who are you? Yeah. You know, like, so it's I, done. Honey. So let's let's just let's break right into that. Is Marina done and gone? Is she dead? Mm, I don't think so. My gut tells me no. Yeah, My I don't gut, think so. Yeah, I feel like I feel like she was trying to put something together to make the baby go away, and that went wrong. Oh, I thought that she was trying to make herself go away. Uh, yeah, I'll make room for that too. Where did she find that recipe? Definitely wasn't on Pinterest. To tell you that. Nope. <laughs> nope. So I yeah. don't think Natasha has that in her in her Natasha's cookbook. Natasha's kitchen. Oh, oh, the best. She really. Their oh. kids love her. Um, <laughs> yeah. No. Obviously. And then you know to be found in the way that she did. It's just heartbreaking. So you know that's honestly one of the biggest things. I'm like, I need to see what happens to Marina. Um, so we have that situation going on. We also had Colin being able to talk with Marina and and pretty much say to her, "Had you been honest with me, I probably still would marry you." Right. Oh, that is a gut punch. Uh, I mean, here's the thing. That's easy to say, Colin. But, yeah, but you know what? He really strikes know? me as as young and naive enough. Do you to... think he's just a contrarian? Like, I'm just going to I would like to stick it to my family. Like, fine, I'll marry the pregnant girl. I don't see that because if he was the contrarian, he would do it. He would still do it. He would still do it. If he was the contrarian, he would still do so it. So you just see it as naive. Yeah, okay. I see it as naive. I see it I as like... I could be your knight in shining armor. Yeah, I could have saved you. you. Okay. Yeah, I could have saved you. I could have done this if you were honest. But you weren't, so you messed it up. That's right. Uh, and, I, you know, I kind of get it too, because, you know what? He's probably hurt, and he's pissed off, and, he, and he's probably he probably is sticking it to her a little bit. Like, if you just did the right thing, it would have been fine. Because I feel like that's something I would have said but probably not have done. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. Yeah, I I and it's it's funny. Like in the heat of the moment, you know when you have those conversations in your head yeah. after you have a an interaction with somebody and you're like, "Oh, I should have said this." Like I feel like that's what Helen not really said that. He would have gone back and he's like, "I could have said this to her that I still would have even married her if she had told me the truth." But he, <laughs> he said it right then and there. Way to go, Colin. Right. And it's it's funny to see Daphne in the middle of all of this being the chaperone. Being the chaperone and and recognizing that she was probably inappropriate with Marina in how she handled the whole situation initially. Uh, and that I think comes because when she, when Daphne does go to the party, you know, the big party with, with, uh, with Danbury's, Lady Danbury, yes. she sees this life that they're in as married, as lady married ladies. Yeah. And when she talks to the general's wife, you know the, gen- uh, the the wife is saying, "Yeah, life's great, man. I got all I got all the benefits, but none of the responsibilities. Yes. The guy just he is off doing whatever he I get wants to, have to my do. Take and eat it too. He's, I'm just gonna, you know, I I don't have to wear no, no corsets. You see me coming out here like a sausage? I don't think so. Nope. I'm just I'm walking around with my with my yoga pants. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's what's under this dress. <laughs> so and the ones that got the pockets from Amazon, you know, like the compression that, ones, so you don't have the tummy. Exactly, exactly. That's what she's wearing. I got to tell you guys, mm-hmm. early quarantine COVID situation. I wore the same <laughs> pair of pants that were like a bit tight, but they felt kind of good and they mm-hmm. were smooth and soft. And I also, in the beginning, thought 
I'm not going to shave my legs until oh, COVID is done. I can't believe that happened. And at a certain point, you know, I wore those pants for a few days, then I washed them, then I put them on. They were my favorite pants, okay? They still are my favorite pants for quarantine. At a certain point, my leg hair was just so long that it felt actually uncomfortable in no, these legged God, pants. No, please, no, no! Because no. they were like so compressed. No! That it made me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> I wasn't like an ogre by any means. I mean, I probably went like a week. <laughs> and I was yeah, like... I was a little bit longer than a week. But I realized that COVID wasn't ending soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't just like... It wasn't like the football playoffs that last, you know, for like a couple of weeks. And, yeah, then, no. and then they go. But here I was, I was like, I'm going to wear these leggings and not shave my legs as long as COVID's here. <laughs> it's going to be like... To wish it away. Yeah, that did not uh, work. Anyway, yeah. yes, I would love to know that these women are wearing Not great, outfits. Bob. <laughs> You're welcome for that little insight into my, I'll stick it to COVID. Well, anyway, what I'm getting at is, you know, Daphne sees these ladies and how they're acting. And, you know, part of me thinks she sees that and realizes that's not for her. That she doesn't want to be like that. Like, I think she enjoys the company. She still longs for a loving marriage. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. And when she sees that, again, in contrast to her relationship with uh, with the Duke of Hastings and, you know, the, the Marina's relationship and what that really means uh and not the relationship with Colin, but with the with the with the soldier. Let's figure that out man let's like let's do the let's do the right thing here and uh, especially when it comes to her too which is why when when uh when simon comes back and he's got he's been all beaten up because he was boxing uh no he's with, fighting with anthony oh with anthony that's right i'm sorry yeah, yeah. with with anthony he says it's because he was boxing with will that's really, right i it's forgot the, the kerfuffle yeah. that he has with anthony i think she really thinks like yeah no i can't I, I can't keep going like like those those ladies over here. I want my marriage to work. I want this to be good. So let's let's make this work. Do you feel like that's the the train of thought? I mean, I was sitting there being like, "Girl, it's not going to be bad. You get to wear leggings. You get to go to parties. <laughs> not shave your legs. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh that, man, that's like COVID without COVID, right there. Hey, speaking, except you can party. Uh, uh, speaking of uh, getting getting your, your face beat in, uh, let's let's talk about Anthony and and Simon here doing what they do and getting in that. You're a bad dad. You're a bad man. You have daddy issues. You have daddy issues. Nah. I mean, these two have been through the ringer for the past couple of months. I mean, we're talking about you know beating each other up, and then they're dueling, and then they are beating each other up. Like, what there's a going lot on? going on here. But are we sure? Like. It kind of reminds me of like kids when they really run hot and cold. Like our yes. our our little lad had a kid who, whenever they would meet in the playground, things just got a little dicey. Okay. Yes. yes. And I was like, these six year olds, they're a little feisty together. That's Anthony and Simon. You know, they need a little break. They need <laughs> they some need, breathing room. They need to take a step back. Watch a little Bob Ross. Seriously. You know, maybe you know. Happy little trees. <laughs> Just, just chill. Have a drink. Out. You know, just, just relax. Get off each other's case Maybe a little bit. Maybe they can bit. get some from Gregory. Yeah, <laughs> Gregory T. Evans. Because you know Gregory, he's got a, he's got a whole stockpile. Yeah. 
you know, he's not only he's got some Glenn, Glenn Fittich, he's got some McAllen. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He's he's all in. So Anthony. <laughs> yeah. What what what's your deal with him? He, he, he thinks he Almost, sees. I still don't like Anthony. He thinks he sees Sienna. And then he actually does And then he does see Sienna at the performance. And she's got a new boo. Do you think she did that purposely? Just like she was touching his hand. Yeah, I would have done the same thing. Oh, this is why I have nightmares of not being with you. Because if I saw that... You must not know about me. You uh, must. It's like the Beyonce. <laughs> I could have another you in a minute. <laughs> yes, Sienna. I, good job. I. If that happened to me, I would tear my eyes out. I don't know what I would. What hey, happened. if you did what Anthony did, that's true. That's a good point. Mm. That's that's a good point. Okay, so that's why I think Anthony's so mad, and Simon's mad, and they're just taking it out on each other because once again they're close friends, and close friends are like close family, and they can hurt each other a lot, mm-hmm. and then they can be good friends again. Yes. So it's going to take a little while. I hope that their bromance is repaired. Let's just go through the alphabetical Bridgertons. Sure. Let's. So do it. we've got Anthony. Okay, yep. check. Then we've got. Oh, we've got um. The B. Benedict. Benedict. The old, old guy. <laughs> I hope he has a will. So many minutes with Mary. So much eye <laughs> cream. Just, it, he, he's, he is dashing and he is handsome. Yes, he is. He just looks like he's our age. He's definitely not the younger brother. No. In real life. There's no anyway, chance. So um, he goes and uh, he picks up the lady. Um, yeah, Madame Delacroix. Yes, Delacroix. So, how do you feel about this? Do you feel like this comes out of nowhere? Do you feel no. like this is something that this has been brewing, man? Because yeah. he's just like living la vida loca. Yep. I can do what I want when I want because that's what Mister Granville told me, and Mister Granville's got it really bad, man. <laughs> he's in love with the guy with the great hair. Right. Dang his hair. And what's his name? Uh, I can't remember off the uh, Lord. Uh, goodness gracious! Oh Lord Weatherby. Weatherby, yes, thank you. <gasps> Isn't that the name that Ron Weasley gets called? Yeah, <laughs> or is it Percy Weatherby? Yeah, it's it's Percy, and no, no, but you're thinking of uh, Wenby. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with Wenby? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Slughorn asks. You're oh a wizard, Harry. Speaking of Potter, we got to hear from a listener that uh, those of you who enjoy Harry Potter, Prince Friedrich yes. in Bridgerton is the same actor as. Corn- Cormac McClaggan. Cormac McClaggan from the same <laughs> From the uh, Slug movie. Club. Yes. <laughs> there you go. So, oh, Lord Weatherby. Man. What's wrong with Wemby? <laughs> What's wrong with Wemby? <laughs> so, Lord Wem- Weatherby and, and Lord Granville, they're in love with each other. Uh, yes. But they can't let anybody know. And Lord Granville's wife knows. Right. And she she probably was, she was at that party. She was. And she's just like, listen, yeah, girl, well, none of us bang our husbands. We just come here in our leggings. Right. <laughs> and have drinks. <laughs> Why is Daphne looking like confused with yeah. this situation? Isn't your husband gay? <laughs> oh, honey, it's okay. Isn't he You're off still in war? denial. You're what? fine. <laughs> oh, she's in her honeymoon phase. Oh, okay. <laughs> just you wait. Just you wait. <laughs> okay. So we've got um, Benedict. So we got Benedict, and he's taken up uh, Delacroix. And just for the night. Do you think that this is a thing, or he's I, just like... I, well, I, the way did that they the show... sex, or did they just hook up? Well, the show, is, I think, did is trying to tell... Did him? The, fa- the fact of the... Ma- well, no, she, he's already been deflowered. Did Anthony take him to the brothels before? Because well, I feel uh, like that's what Anthony, Anthony did with 
him because then he says to Colin, I should have taken you to the brothels. Right. And he so definitely, I'm assuming he yeah, did with Benedict. He did with Benedict, definitely. But we saw Benedict get laid uh, in, in, in I the other know. episode. He had clothes on. He got, he was getting he he was I the know, one was bedded saying, by the wife. I know. I just didn't know if there was bedding or if there was petting uh, or other things. I didn't know what situation happened. But he's with I, Delacroix. I, are we going to bed or to sleep? Exactly. <laughs> so he's got Delacroix because he's like I already Delacroix to you. So yeah, I feel like the show. Avec moi. I feel like the show is telling you. Based on how the events transpired that like Granville is saying, listen, I, I live my life and I live in fear every single day. I love this man. I can't be with them. And it's like these quick glances, these quick touches. And we know what it is, but nobody else does. So like I live in fear every day. You're lucky. You can do whatever you want. Just go do it. And, he, you know, Benedict meets up with Eloise. They take off and they, he picks up. He picks up uh, Madame Delacroix. Delacroix. And, and he and says, just... you're my age. <laughs> We're a good fit, right? Hey. <laughs> We're in the same life, life part, yes. like life life cycle. Same gen. Sure, why not? Yep. You're Gen Z. I'm Gen Z. Let's go. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I feel like we're we're at that. I, I feel like the show is telling you this is more than just uh, more than just petting and more than betting. Okay. It's, it's an actual relationship. Oh, I did not take it that way. I just took it as... Let's have fun. Oh, it's, it could be. I, I, I Paint don't know. Paint the town red. All right. We got Colin. Colin. Uh, poor Colin. You know, he gets had by Marina and he just kind of is there. It's like his first breakup, though. Like, he's going to be okay. He's going to be totally fine. And then he's going to realize he's in love with Penelope and all will be well. Do you think that's what's going to happen? Yes. It has to. Yeah, the way that the I show adore is... Penelope so very much that if she does not get to have the fairy tale ending and the most ecstatic sex of her life, <laughs> I will be very upset for her. Uh, Daphne, we already talked about Daphne. Like, I want her orgasms to blow Daphne's mind. Oh, I want Penelope. Um, sure. she, her her orgasms have to be so powerful that Daphne and Eloise feel them. <laughs> what? You know, like when you're a twin, you feel things no. with the other twin. No. Yep. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so we got through <laughs> C D Daphne. Where do you tackle Daphne? I do just need to say that I loved Daphne talking to her mom, being like, You didn't teach me anything. Right. Yeah, she called her mother out. Yeah. Which Way was to good. go with like soaking the fields. Yeah. <laughs> that sucked. Please do a better job for all the other daughters. Yeah. And can we just have a moment? Because Daphne, as much as Rose, her handmaid or whatever, told her, like, oh, it's the seed, the seed with the, makes the baby. Yep. Daphne just had sex like two or three days before her period, before her courses were due. So Rose wasn't very specific in the time frame mm-hmm. that it's best to get pregnant. Daphne's yeah. just like, I had sex and there was semen, so I must I should be pregnant. pregnant. <laughs> one plus one equals two. I mean, she is like, what, 19 or something. So yeah. yes, you're super fertile mortal, but on the flip side... Rose left that part out. Right. Even Jamie Fraser knows (laughs) when you're more likely to get pregnant. (laughs) Um, When did people stop calling them courses? Because I actually like the word courses much better than period. And why did the word period come to be? That's a good point. Like courses sounds like more of this verb ongoing thing. Period is so finite. When really, 
it's like, all right, got another course of my courses. Like, cause they're coming back, period. No, it's not like one and done. And it's not a pretty name, period. It's not like- Oh, all, like as if we didn't love it. Like I hate it already. Yeah, like it's like period. Courses rhymes with horses. Yeah, it's a little bit more elegant. Yeah, it's got it like flows. Maybe I'll just start calling it my Maybe courses. Maybe it, it flows like the course. And yeah. then people will say like, I have my period. I'm on my period. What? I don't. Courses. My courses are due. Like just how <laughs> fancy is that? By the way, I have to call out um, somewhat of a heartbreaking scene here between Colin and Daphne. When Daphne says to Colin, you're lucky that you know the truth before you got mm-hmm. married. Mm-hmm. You know, as much as I am out on Daphne for what happened and the, the, the way. See, I feel like I would look like Colin if I was a boy. What do you think? Um, yeah, maybe. Like if you did that face app with me, yeah. where I became a guy, <laughs> maybe, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. For those of you who are We're just listening out of the podcast see. app, I'm sorry. sorry, you're not you're not seeing the the benefit the of us in the studio show. with the yes. slideshow behind us. Okay, sorry. So continue. You were saying Daphne when she's talking to Colin, yeah, and she says you're lucky you knew now. I felt I felt for her. I felt bad, uh, and I and I like that she had that recognition at least of for Colin and Colin has a recognition for her of like something really wrong here. Like what, what's going on? You know, do do you think that was her way of telling her family that something is off between she and and Simon? Yeah, I would probably agree. I'd probably agree. So we got Daphne, Eloise, Eloise. Okay. So bless little Eloise heart. I appreciate what you're saying. The whole thing with the queen and whistle down, what ifs, Mm -hmm. but Eloise Asking her mom, like, can you please just delay my coming out into society? We obviously are having all these issues going on with the Bridgertons because of Marina. It might be better for me. And, you know, Lady Violet Bridgerton, no, 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 you got to. And then it does hit her. You know, if you do want to take some time, because Daphne just told me I messed her up. Yeah. I should probably, before I send you off into society, I should probably tell you about some things. (laughs) We need to have a chat. Do you know what a penis is? Because <laughs> she obviously doesn't. Have you ever been to a farm? Oh, that was so funny, that scene. Have you ever been to a farm? Oh, my God. Okay, so there's Eloise. Yep, we got Eloise. Who just looked so little sweet. And she was in her like, grown-up outfit. That whole scene with them in the carriage and picking up Delacroix, that was like so beautifully awkward. It was yes. the best. And Eloise like, do I get to do this? Because I'm a second daughter? I don't know. <laughs> and then we have George- Gregory. Sure. Whatever. He's okay. off drinking McAllen. Obviously. And then Hyacinth. <laughs> sure. She's there. Oh, she was there. Wasn't She's she there. for a little bit? Yeah, she was there at the performance. And then ugh, somebody else. And then there's Francesca, which Kurt. we still don't know. Oh, yeah. She's yeah, <laughs> Peggy. <laughs> <laughs> and Peggy. <laughs> Francesca will forever be known as Peggy. Yep, absolutely. And then so- Lady Violet, as I said. Oh, and Lady Violet, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, she's feeling the pressure here, obviously. Uh, and she did a bad job, but she's a single parent right now, okay? Oh, she's oh. got a lot of kids. And the shade, the straight shade she gives Lady Featherington at that at that garden party <sighs> yes. was 
fracking well awesome. Well done. Snaps. Absolutely. She doesn't even say anything. She just like she just turns around and walks away. We're done. Yeah, we're I'm I'm out on you. You live across the street and our daughters are best friends and I'm probably going to see you in 15 minutes at like Target. Yeah. <laughs> we're done. <laughs> we're done right now. Oh man! All right, I'll text uh, you later. Anything else you want? To, anything else you want to say about this episode, uh, my darling? That is it. Are right, you ready for some whistle down uh, power rankings? Yes. Let's do it. All right, Blake. So we still have Penelope. We've yeah. got Madame Delacroix. Who, like, Eloise is so in on right now because she's putting two and two together that Madame Delacroix did know Marino's pregnant. She called it out, like, two times, you know? Oh, yes. I thought you were different measurements or whatever. And they put... Marina put Delacroix down. You know? Oh, I know you're not French. This fake accent they have oh, going on. yes. So why wouldn't Delacroix write about her? Oh, you want to make fun of me and put pressure on me even though you can't pay your bills? How am I supposed to explain this to my boss? <laughs> You're pregnant. I'm telling everyone. Voulez-vous coucher avec you, Marina? I'll, I'll tell you exactly why it ain't. It ain't uh, and this, this is my scribbling prediction, too. So, right. uh, uh, yeah. All right, so here's the deal. It'll just be two and one. It'll be two and one. Okay. Um can't be it can't be her can't can't be her the reason why it can't be her tell me is because she's too busy working at the store she don't got no time to sit there writing all these papers she's got and, time with colin yeah but that's after hours yeah. it's after hours what do you think lady whistledown writes anytime she wants because she's lady whistledown and she, she doesn't have any responsibilities okay that's why i'm saying so it definitely is not eloise can't be eloise now because no, she's the no. one she, no. she's out so you know what all my chips are in on penelope let's do it all my chips. What are do you in. think El- Penelope's doing with her savings, or is it just going straight back into production? Is it like a zero income, no net, just print to print, you know, for the art? Or it, is Penelope saving up for something? Part of me thinks that she is doing this, making money to do something for herself. From the beginning, she was the one that was like, "Yeah, no, I don't want to do this." She's I don't like, wanna... "I want a dowry. I know my dad's broke." Yeah, and and she and everyone was putting her down, and she's the one that's saying. I'm going to be loaded. You know what? Screw all of you. You're all out. Prince Featherington? Whatever. Prince Whistle Weatherby? Friedrich. Wemby. Wemby? (laughs) He's going to come after me. Right. Oh, my God. That would have been cute. That would have been cute. That would have been real Cinderella (gasps) right there. That would have been real Cinderella. Can um, that happen for season two? Uh, maybe. You never know. Prince Charming. Um, okay, so I'm down with that. Yes, I agree, Penelope. I'm all in on I'm Penelope. I'm nervous, though. What's going to happen when the queen figures it out? The queen is pissed at Yeah, Wilson. the queen has hired people to find Sherlock out. Sherlock Holmes. Basically, have hired Sherlock Holmes to find out who Lady Whistledown is. Do, here's the real scribbling prediction, I guess. Oh, no. Is there, does the queen find out that it is Penelope? Because yes. we're, we're, we're going to operate under the assumption that it's Penelope from now on. Is Whistledown still writing? Or after the Marina thing, is she going to take a little break? Because Marina tried to kill herself. That's that's a good question. Mar- that, that's Whistledown a good question. Mate. And that's the thing. I think that's the reason why Penelope came back to Eloise and was just sobbing. Because she knew that once she did... What she did, like once she wrote what she had to write, that was it. That was the end of the the Featheringtons. That was the end of Marina. I don't think she knew that Marina was going to take the no, drastic action that she was going no. to do. But 
But she needed to stop Colin from marrying her. Right. So without knowing the truth. And she she knows the repercussions of what's going to happen once she once she releases this information. And that is also why I think it is poetic justice that it's Penelope who discovers uh, Marina. Marina. And she realizes, oh, this is a little too hot. Words have consequences. This is too hot for my taste right here. You know, it's way too much Franks. Way too much Franks. I don't know we know what that means. Red hot sauce. (laughs) (laughs) That is not a phrase that people do. Hey, too bad. Too bad. Way too much Franks. Gregory T. Evans right now is shaking his Gregory head. T. Evans is upset with me at the moment. All right. On this note, we're going to skip over the p- scribbling predictions. Yes. And, and close out the show. It. Yeah, we're, we're, we're going to go. We're going to jump on into the finale, guys. That's it. We're going to watch Lace it. Lace up the I corsets. We're going to watch it tonight. We're going to watch it tomorrow. Put on your leggings. I don't know. Maybe you just need to like close out the show so we can, <laughs> so we can actually it do it. <laughs> All right. Let's close it out, okay. shall we? Yes. for joining us. I mean, think about this. This is the penultimate episode. We're so excited. We are going to be doing, of course, a finale episode and then a recap episode for all of season one. Now, as I said in the beginning, don't worry. If you have found Blake and I, thanks to Bridgerton, if this is your first Mary and Blake podcast, I'm telling you, you need to go to maryandblake.com. Blake built a beautiful website. Thank you. And we have a slew of other podcasts to keep you company. We know that podcast peeps, they like podcasts. Yep. We're we're those peeps too. We are your people. We got you. So most likely we've covered a show that you also love and we would love for you to check them out starting now. You know, one question we always ask on penultimate episodes, Mary, is about uh, momentum. Does did the show does the show have momentum going into its finale? I do, yes. I think so too. Yeah. I think so too. We get we still have the mysteries. We have Marina. Uh, we still have things are unclear between Daphne and Simon. If this this if this show is going to They're going to end up together and they'll be fine. Yeah, like that's the thing. That's my question. Does the show follow the common trajectory of these kinds of romantic shows? Does everything get wrapped up in a nice neat little bow yes. by the end? Yes. And if it does, is it enough time to do that? Yes. Anything is possible. <laughs> In this fictional, beautiful world of Bridgerton. Yes, because love conquers all in this fictional, beautiful world of Bridgerton. As for now, I'm Mary Larson. My name is Blake. Now go out there and brew some more tea. That a girl. See, I changed it for you. Thank you. You're welcome. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.